Rugby World Cup, League World Cup, Trans-Tasman Netball, T20 World Cup, NPC Final, FIFA Football World Cup draw. Grab your snacks, Aotearoa. It's one of the biggest weekends of sport we've had for years. I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium. It's live sport galore this weekend, so let's get stuck in. Joseph Pearson is all over the Rugby World Cup. Kia ora, Joe. Good morning, Zoe. How's it going? Oh, I'm amped. I'm so amped. Final round of pool play, Black Ferns versus Scotland. What's going on with Portia Woodman? Yeah, well, she's not in the team this week, despite it being her first opportunity to play a test in Northland, which would have been very special for her and her whanau, obviously. Um, but she's basically been rested and kept on ice until the quarterfinal. Um, it does make a lot of sense, and... Coach Wayne Smith acknowledged that, but also Northland is denied its chance to see the star rugby player in a home World Cup game. Um, I understand that, uh, according to the fullback Rennie Holmes, that dozens of her family had bought tickets for this game and are going to turn up and not see her play. But um, she will she will be back for the quarterfinal, there's no doubt about that. She's just nursing a bumps and bruises sort of thing this week, so... Apparently she's taken it well, and I'm sure she has because she's a you know she's a professional, uh, she's a top pro, and um, it'll be interesting to speak to her next week and see what her family's reaction was though because uh, I'm sure they would have been disappointed as would many in the Northland community. Yeah, and we've got a new captain this week. What's going on, and who is it? Yeah, so it's Ariana Merino Tohinu, uh, and she leads the hacker, and she's. A very influential player sort of behind the scenes that we've not seen much of uh, in the starting at least, only a second start, um, but she's got a lot of respect in the team and um, I think she she is a sort of natural leader um, and you know she, she's from Northland as well so it's a special occasion for her as well and she was player of the match in the Whangarei test back in June uh, when they played the USA and she was incredible in that game. Yeah. Um, well, Coach Wayne Smith admitted to being a little worried about reactions when it was decided to rest player Portia Woodman this week. Portia was fine. She's a few of the girls are pretty sore. You know, we've been training on a we've trained on a sand base pitch in Auckland, um, so there are quite a few sort of tight calves, tight hamstrings. Really important that we give them that opportunity to to get right. So that's mixed with the fact that, as you know, I think we've got 32 really good players. So I never stress someone else got to come in. I'm, I'm fine with that. We've got real quality in the team. And he pointed out that Marino Tahino is already a cultural leader and galvanised the team when they last played in Northland. Uh, but how important is leading the team on home turf for Marino Tahino? You know, we're not privileged for these opportunities a lot. It's not often that national teams get to come up here and play. We're a community and we'll always get behind everyone. So yeah, Northland, let's go, get up, come on, support us. And she was glowing about what women's rugby has done for communities in Northland. It's amazing what rugby has done in terms of the play or the part that the women plays in the households now. When there's rugby around and all the mums and the um, children they all get along to the local clubs. It really empowers them um, and makes them feel bigger than just being at home and doing the motherly things. So, Joe, um, there's a few Northlanders in this team. How many? And do you think we're going to see a full house this weekend? Yeah, there are two in the 23. There's obviously Murino Tohinu, as we've mentioned, but Crystal Murray as well, who's from Kaitaia, which is the far, far north. Um, so she came off the bench last week and was very effective ensuring up a wobbly Blackfern scrum that struggled a lot against Wales for periods of that match. Um, and 
a full house. I, I, I believe there is going to be a decent crowd. I understand that there's actually a bigger crowd expected for the quarterfinal next weekend. I do think the locals will get behind it. And even if there isn't totally sold out, it will be pretty noisy. Because when I was up here in June, it was, it, was quite, it was quite a low crowd, but it was still very loud. Australia-Wales game just beforehand as well is, is, quite, is a very important game for both of those teams. So, um, yeah, and then France-Fiji later on Saturday will also be fun. France should should beat Fiji comfortably, but hopefully Fiji will just try go for broke and score as many tries as possible. Yeah, I hope that they're able to do that whole 80 minutes, you know, the first 40 minutes they played against England and the last 40 minutes they played against South Africa. That would be amazing. We'll get to Fiji shortly. Australia-Wales, who's going to win it? Is it going to be Aussie? I think so. Australia were poor against Scotland. They were very good against the Blackfins, clearly, in the first week and half and in the first half hour. And if they play like that, they should be too strong for Wales. But they've been so inconsistent this year. I mean, they've... Of any, of any, that Scotland win was their first winning, I think, seven tests after losing seven in a row. So um, they're a bit short on confidence when it actually comes to winning matches, but they should have enough. And that would actually mean that the Black Ferns would probably play Wales again in the quarter final. But if Wales do beat Australia, then the Black Ferns would probably play Australia in the quarter final. That's not going to be clear until Sunday afternoon when Canada play the United States. Yeah, that's going to be a huge game. Who's your pick for that? Uh, Canada. The United States have had a very poor record recently against Canada. And then we've got Japan, Italy. Italy, obviously. I mean, I'm loving the spirit that the Japanese bring, but it's got to be Italy. Then England, South Africa. You know, we saw Fiji beat South Africa last week. England, I think, are just going to be far too strong. Um, what are the English going to be looking at in regards to improving this week for them? Well, holding on to the ball when they're about to score tries, like they were so dominant for long periods of that game against France, but they just couldn't get across the line, which is very, very limited, which was surprising given the firepower they've got in their back three as well as the phenomenal strength they've got up front, clearly. But I reckon it will be the, it's the perfect test for them. They'll probably rest a few players. They'll they should win this game very comfortably. Well, we look forward to chatting to you next week, and you're off to get some pies, which we're talking about later in the show. So can you bring us some back, please? Uh, well, it'll just be me and my own in Fongaray. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Go well, Joe. Cheers. And Fiji, while they had a historic win against South Africa, this weekend's game may be the last one of the Rugby World Cup as they face France, one of the tournament favourites. I spoke to Tori Tokolau. There was blue and white everywhere you looked at the stadium. <laughs> there are so many supporters, and that's not the kind of support that Fiji women's rugby gets. You normally see that with the men's rugby teams. And to see that kind of support behind the women, who and we know the sort of barriers that they're breaking, it was just very encouraging. And I'm pretty sure they felt that on the, on the, on the field as well. Well, they played incredibly well against South Africa last week. And those dying moments, they gave away a penalty when the scores were tied, and then South Africa got in the lead. And then... Off they went, as we say in rugby, they went up the gut, scored the try just as the final hooter was going. It was miraculous. Do you think that they can translate that against uh, France this weekend? It's typical Fijian flair, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you see that with the men's team as well. But um, And with Fiji rugby, anything could happen on the day. We would love to see a win. And they would have to really dig deep to get a win against France because France is the favourite. We're really the underdogs come the last pool match. But um, 
everyone would love to see Fiji in the quarterfinals. It's, it's the only Pacific team other than New Zealand. Do you think that we now are on this amazing fast track that other Fiji girls and women are seeing people just like them playing rugby? Do you think that we're going to see more Fijian women and girls, not only in Fiji, but also in New Zealand, take up the sport? 100%. I mean, we have rugby clinics now being held in Fiji with little girls that have put their hand up for rugby. One of them is my niece, and she loves the Fijiana players. Um, And this is something that we didn't see five years ago. Um, And this is all credit to the work that they do. Every time they get on the field, Mm. they are proving um, to people and to their families that women can play rugby and it's not going anywhere at all. And also this weekend, the New Zealand Junior Girls Rugby Festival is taking place at Ponsonby Rugby Club in Auckland from the 22nd to the 24th of October. There'll be Rugby World Cup players there, so get down and support our future Black Ferns. And coming up next Tuesday is the final of the first ever International Defence Women's Rugby Competition. New Zealand plays France in the final at 1pm College Rifles Rugby Club in Rimuera. Go New Zealand! We've also got the T20 Cricket World Cup on Saturday. Uh, we're taking on Australia in our opening game. Rob Van Royen is all over it. Kia ora, Rob. Hey there. So what should we expect? Can the Black Caps do it? Well, in a word, uh, in a word, we can expect rain. Uh, New South Wales <laughs> and Victoria have been peppered by uh, rough weather recently, and that's, that's forecast looks set to carry into Saturday. Uh, lots of rain forecasts and thunderstorms potentially. So if uh, if, it's, if there's any play at all, look, we're looking at potentially a, a shortened match, which is a shame. This is a rematch of the uh, World Cup final last year. So um, yeah, fingers crossed that weather does come through. But anyone who was concerned about missing some of the other sport on action on Saturday night, they might have their decision made a, a little easier if this game's affected by rain. Yeah, I, I was. there's so much sport on. I'm like, I don't think I have enough screens to watch everything all at once. Um, how's the team shaping up? Is Lockie Ferguson back? Yeah, look, the the main, Daryl Mitchell, if, if there is play uh, on Saturday, Daryl Mitchell won't play. He's looking at coming in the second match, which is Afghanistan on Wednesday. Ferguson and Milne look fine. Uh, look, the, the preparation hasn't been ideal since they went across the ditch. They had a warm-up. They got trounced by South Africa um, first and then they had a game against India rained off this week as well. So it's so not ideal prepped uh, due to that weather. I mean, if we don't play on Saturday, what does that mean for our pool and can we still progress through to the quarters, semis, finals? For sure. I mean, there's still plenty, plenty of games to come, including uh, Afghanistan, Wednesday, Sri Lanka, Saturday. So plenty of uh, other opportunities but yeah, you certainly don't want more than one one match rained off. Look, it's it's the fickle nature of of twenty twenty. Um, the Black Caps are, are certainly a chance. Um, I do think looking at their chances, this, this tournament as a whole, a few concerns. I don't think they've quite got the same batting firepower of some of the other sides. Uh, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be picking them to go as far, perhaps, even as they went last year. Oh, well, fingers crossed for no rain on Saturday. It would be great to watch the Black Caps play Australia, and we look forward to catching up with you next week as we progress through the tournament. Thanks so much, Rob. Cheers. On Saturday night, there's a whole bunch of football. We've got the Phoenix and the FIFA Women's Football World Cup draw. For everything football, we've got Phil Rolo. Kia ora, Phil. Let's start with the Wellington Phoenix versus Newcastle Jets, the Phoenix drew last week. Can we win this week? Hey Zoe, um, yeah, been back-to-back draws to, to start the season, um, both games back at home. Um, so they head across the Tasman for the first time this season to play the Newcastle Jets. Still searching for that first win, and um, yeah, I think they, they definitely can beat Newcastle. They were a team that didn't finish inside the top six last season, um, 
yeah, the interesting thing with the Newcastle Jets is they signed three Phoenix players from from last season, including um, Josh Satorio, who was one of their, their top goal scorers. So um, yeah, there's going to be quite a few familiar faces in the in the opposition. But um, quite funnily enough, there's one Jets player who's on loan at the Phoenix, um, but he's not allowed to play in the game because. As part of the deal when they signed him on loan um, was that any game they played against the Jets, he wouldn't be allowed to feature in it. What? How can they get away with that? Yeah, it's, it's relatively common in, in international football, but loans don't really seem to happen too much in the A-League. So it's um, yeah, it's a bit of an unusual one for the Phoenix. And it's probably a bit of a shame for him too, because I'm sure he would have liked the chance to have played against the team. The whole reason he's sort of come on loan to the Phoenix is because they signed another player in his position. So, um, yeah, it's sort of an unfortunate one for him, but um, there's kind of an obvious replacement from a Phoenix point of view. Um, Sam Sutton, who's quite a promising young Kiwi player, he missed the first game with injury and came back and um, played on the bench in the last game. So he should probably slot in there. And poor old Lucas Moragas, who's the yeah the player who misses out because um, if Sam Sutton plays well, he, he might lose his spot now. FIFA Women's Football World Cup draw happening in Auckland on Saturday night. About 800 guests, including the Prime Minister, FIFA President Zoe sadowski Senate, our very first gold medal winter Olympian. How big a deal is this, Phil? And what, as the host nation, should we have our fingers and toes and everything else crossed for. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty funny event, isn't it? That um, you know, people are just going to be pulling balls out of a, a bowl, and um, it's going to be live um, streamed to, to millions of people. I think it's even going to be on you know, TV, kind of here and, and internationally as well. It's kind of a big deal for New Zealand because this World Cup um, is co-hosted with Australia. Um, this is when we'll find out which teams are going to be playing in New Zealand. Um, so there's a couple of things to look out for. I guess from a football ferns perspective, they want the easiest draw possible, um, and that you know who they get drawn against will determine kind of what their their goals are for the tournament. I suppose they've they've never won a game at a World Cup, but if they get a kind draw, all of a sudden you know maybe they can not only get a win, but they can make it through to the group uh, to the knockout stage for the first time. But yeah, from a, a fan's point of view, I guess we want the, the biggest teams to be here. It's going to be huge. Thanks so much, Phil, uh, and go the Phoenix. Cool. Thanks, Zoe. Saturday night is also the MPC final between Wellington and Canterbury. Paul Cully is covering it. Paul is a long-suffering Wellington fan. Can we do it? Is there any other kind of Wellington fan than long-suffering? <laughs> oh, gosh, i tell you what. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, at an Orange Theory Stadium in Christchurch, so automatically advantage to, uh, to Canterbury there. Uh, I believe that the weather's going to be not too bad, which... Um, will help Wellington, but, you know, they're going to be up against it, of course. I mean, Canterbury are at finals time. You know, they're a damn good team, um, and they'll have home advantage. Oh, it's going to be a tough one. It is. I mean, if you look back, if you think back to the Super Rugby final, what Crusaders did to the Blues, and that tells you everything you need to know about the winning culture at Canterbury and the Crusaders. Having said that, and I don't want to give you too much false hope, if you look at that Wellington team, it's practically the Hurricane Super Rugby team, um, minus Artie Savia and one or two others, Jordy Barrett. Um, they have got some firepower. So if they muscle up set-piece-wise, um, their chance... Um, I think they're very well led by TJ Perinara as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a level head. Who should we be watching out on the field? Who's going to be the game-changers? 
Uh, Canterbury for me would be Fergus Burke. He's been a bit of a slow burn as a player, but um, he was outstanding last week, scored, scored all our points. Seems to be maturing nicely in that number 10 jersey. And, and for Wellington, I, I think Asafu Amua, it's a big game for him. Um, we know what he can do uh, out wide. Uh, Wellington like to put him out wide to use his power and pace, but really for him it's scrum time and, and line out and if he does well, if he does well there, then Wellington are a chance. Oh, okay, come on, Wellington, you can do, you can do it. We look forward to catching up with you next week. See you, Zoe. And also on Sunday, it is the final Constellation Cup game between the Silver Ferns and the Australian Diamonds. Brendan Egan, what happened with the Ferns this week? Yeah, they ran into um, a pretty fired up Australian team. You know, playing their first game. Uh, at home in a thousand days, and uh, yeah, nine thousand seven hundred sellout. The uh, the Aussies lifted massively, and uh, they were very impressive. Mm, Sunday, can we get up? Can we can we do it? Well, not overly confident myself. Um, Australia, yeah, they've they've really lifted, and they they've got the confidence behind them. But you know, with Dame Nolene Tauraru as coach, she's uh, she's always got a trick up her sleeve. So um, she'll no doubt have um, you know the next few days working hard with the Ferns to try and come up with a game plan that's going to negate the Australians. So uh, yeah, definitely underdog. I mean, if you were Dame Nolene right now, what would you be saying to the Ferns? Well, she said in the comments after the game that the Silver Ferns didn't stand up to the physicality of the Australians. They just uh, really defensively put a ton of pressure on the Ferns and they just really uh, didn't adapt and really found it hard. So, you know, Australia are going to do that again out there um, on Sunday. They're going to be very physical. They're going to go after every ball. They're going to be on their back. So the Ferns just need to adapt to that and be smarter. So that's going to be a big one for them. And they've got to start better. They were very poor. They were half asleep to begin the game, fell into a hole and... If you fall into a hole against Australia, it's hard to get out. So they need to be switched on right from the opening whistle. Oh, well, we look forward to getting all the latest from you early next week. Enjoy the game. Cool. Thanks, Zoe. Also this weekend, the Kiwis have their second Rugby League World Cup game against Jamaica on Sunday morning. The New Zealand skate team, artistic speed, scootering, skateboarding and rink hockey have headed to the World Skate Games in Argentina. The games start early next week and will run until the middle of November. All the best team. It's a historic weekend for Māori cricket in New Zealand on Sunday in Mount Monganui with Auckland and Northern Māori playing the first ever T20 and 50 over games between two Māori association teams. And it's the Mead Cup final in Heartland Rugby between Whanganui and reigning champs South Canterbury on Saturday. And Ngāti Puru East Coast will host Mid-Canterbury in Ruatoria in the Lahore Cup final on Sunday. And speaking of Mid-Canterbury, sport doesn't run without amazing administrators and Tanya Derns is doing the business in a newest role as the Chief Executive of Mid-Canterbury Rugby, one of only three women to hold such a role. Derns has spread her magic across a number of sports as a defender for the Silver Ferns, an administrator in basketball, a coach in netball for the Pulse and assistant coach for the Magic. So, of course, with the Rugby World Cup underway, I had to ask her, what is her favourite sport? Can I say golf? Because I did six years at a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> We're multi-talented. You're only one of three female CEOs out of 26 rugby provincial unions. Why is there just three and is this a concern? Uh, look, I think there's been a huge push uh, around sports over the last couple of years to be diverse and inclusive. I think once you get into a role like mine, not very many people move on pretty cool job to work in so 
I think that probably the opportunity for more females just hasn't been presented as yet. So um, there's going to be a, a couple of our Heartland CEOs have announced their resignation. So you might see more females come next year. Oh, do you reckon we could make it to 50-50 gender split for CEOs and oh, provincial unions? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would be really <laughs> nice. But um, at the moment, there's only the three of us waving the flag. So it's cool. It is yeah. really cool. What's the most pressing issue facing rugby right now and what needs to be done to fix it? There's several, Zoe. You know, we, we're really struggling in the teenage boys space. Um, there's a huge drop off once they sort of hit that high school age group and trying to get that high school, secondary school model right and um, make sure that the, what they're experiencing in our sport is worthwhile and making them want to stick around. Um, and the other is just exposing the sport to as many people as possible and uh, the drive to make it as accessible to everybody is one of our strategic priorities. Um, now, I don't want to drag up the 1991 Netball World Cup, which New Zealand lost to Australia, or your stint as coach with the Pulse or the coaching snub for the Magic. So what did you learn from all of those experiences? Were they, setback, were they setbacks or were they experiences? Oh, look, I guess in the moment there's setbacks and in the moment it feels like a kick in the guts. But when you get through it and you you get into the next bit and you move through the next door, um, you put it down to experience and continual growth, I guess. Mm. Um, you learn about you learn so much more about yourself through adversity than you do through success. I've sort of built a bridge and got over it. I don't hold any more grudges, so just <laughs> move on. Another tough one. Sprigs, sneakers or stilettos? Stilettos I haven't worn for a hundred years. In fact, six foot two, I never wore them in the first much in the first instance. Um, I'd have to say sneakers. I live in my converse when I don't have to go be at work. Well, yes, I was going to ask, what's the best thing about being six foot two? Be able to reach the top shelf of the supermarket. You know, the number of times you get asked to help people when you go into the supermarket. It's quite amazing. And what's the worst thing about being six foot two? Finding jeans that actually fit. Oh, yeah. I've got the other. I'm the officer. I'm short, so um, I can't reach anything. So, yes, I need people like you to help me reach stuff. Um, yeah. And then jeans are always too long for me. So, um, yeah, no, yeah. jeans are always, you know, they say that there's a, isn't the fashion at the moment ankle grazers? Well, yeah. I think ankle grazers on me come halfway down my calf. So, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> what do you want to say to those thinking about a career in sport? Oh, look, I think go for it. It's a, it's a huge opportunity to be able to, some for some people to be able to combine a work life with their passion. And, you know, I've been really fortunate, whether it's been as a, as a player or as a coach, um, and now as an administrator, to be able to um, stay involved in sport, be whatever shape, ball or stick or whatever it is that I've been part of, and just go for it. It's really cool. You can read more from Tanya Derns this weekend in the Sunday Star Times. Don't seem like a choice of elite athletes, but it's exactly what the USA team tucked into during their time in Whangarei for the Rugby World Cup. They scoffed 90 pies in total at Salt Air Cafe. I didn't want to mince my words or get too cheesy, but wanted to find out what makes owner Julian John Sands pies a crust above. Hi Zoe. Did you get a bit of a shock when all of a sudden 30-odd rugby players showed up to your cafe? Well, they sort of hijacked us, but we did have about <laughs> about oh, probably eight hours' notice. Eight hours' notice? Yeah. And, and they ate, was it 90-odd pies? 90 pies, yes. 
Did you have to keep baking as it was going along? No, because we were usually pretty good. We usually have everything in stock and ready to go. How many pies do you normally sell in a day? During the winter, probably 80 a day. What kind of types of pies did they did the USA team eat? Okay, they had a variety of mints, mints and cheese, steak, steak and cheese, steak and mushroom, lamb and kumra, butter chicken, pepper steak and seafood. I am like salivating. I really need to go out and get a pie. <laughs> did they did they get stuck into the tomato sauce? Like, did they eat it like a true kiwi using their hands and stuff, or was it all yeah, nice and Yeah, they did. None up, none up, hands. It's the only way to eat a pie, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Producer Jono's here as well. Jono, do you like pies? Oh, my God, Zoe, how long have we known each other? Surely by now you know that I love anything covered in pastry. And hi, Julie, I'm actually a Whangarei boy, so I know your cafe, and I know that those girls have good taste because Salt Air Cafe is a place to go if you want to get something delicious that's wrapped in pastry. Thank you so much. But I wanted to ask, surely with the American team, they were desperate for a little bit of apple pie. Surely that's more their jam than the old meat pies. Well, they'd come. some of them had come to visit us in, in June, and they just absolutely fell in love with pies because they don't know meat pies. They know pumpkin pies, pecan pies, sweet pies, but not savoury pies. Is pies like the official food of rugby, though? Like, you go and play rugby and then you get a pie after, or you go to the, watch the rugby and you get a pie. Is it just, I reckon it's just the, it's the national food for the national sport? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> What's your favourite pie, though? Like, if, if we could only choose one pie, what would you recommend? Oh, you know what? I'm a simple girl. I just love my mince pies. I'm like, mince cheese, steak, and anything with cheese in it, I'm like, I'm good for. But the problem is, though, because I'm gluten intolerant, pies normally don't agree with me all that well. But oh, I wow. will deal with it because the pie is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you what, Zoe, you tell me when you're coming up and I'll make you a gluten-free steak and cheese pie. Stop it! That would be amazing! I I could do that for you, no problem at all. And that's The Podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producer John O'Williams and Philippa Tolley, and audio editor Connor Scott, thank you for listening. You can get in touch with us now via email, thepodium at staff.co.nz, and we'll see you Tuesday after the long weekend. Until then, namihi, go well. Kia ora, Aotearoa, and welcome to The Big Stuff Quiz. I'm your host, Imogen Wells, alongside my assistant, the wonderful... Hello everyone! Each week we'll release a new episode to test your wits with two rounds of ten questions. One potluck round and another that's very loosely themed. A bit tangential even. Such a good word. If you think you're up for the challenge, go and follow our show on your favourite podcast platform, The Big Stuff Quiz, is out now. The Big Stuff Quiz is proudly brought to you by Melbourne. Every bit different.